Hello and welcome to Have You Seen It? I'm Emily. And I'm Ned. And each week we'll take you on a cinematic adventure. We will be reviewing something currently in cinemas and something hot on a streaming service. So let us be your cinematic spirit guides. So you can stop scrolling. And start watching. So, Emily, what did you see in the cinema this week? I went to see Theatre Camp. And what is Theatre Camp about? Theatre Camp is a mockumentary slash comedy slash musical which tells the story of a, spoiler alert, Theatre Camp. (laughs) Theatre nerds and kids from all over come to to essentially spend a couple of weeks doing all aspects of theatre, like, you know, singing, dancing, acting, all that kind of thing. But what happens is there's this very charismatic leader of the theatre camp called Joan, and she actually, unfortunately, falls into a coma just before camp starts for the summer. So her clueless, quote-unquote, crypto bro son, Troy, has to take over and keep the show on the road. And so with Troy at the helm, the theatre camp falls into some difficulties and Troy has to unite these quirky teachers and the students behind him to save the camp, essentially. Now, I've seen a trailer for it. I thought it looked really up my street, to be honest. I thought it looked really funny from the trailer. Um, The cast aren't necessarily well known, but there are a lot of people I recognise and I like some Mm -hmm. other stuff. Um, is it good? So I am a bit of an ex-theatre camp kid myself. So for someone like me, it really spoke to me. It's very, very enjoyable, very funny, very dry, which one doesn't always get from these American comedies. It's just really charming, really funny and really entertaining. So it's not just for the theatre geeks, it's for everyone. Is it? Of a mould of Spinal Tap, uh, Best in Show, um, that kind of dryness? Mm, I'm actually not familiar with any of those programmes. <laughs> You've never seen Spinal Tap? No. Are you joking? It's kind um, of like, in, in, in the dryness, it's like, like The Office, kind of. The American Office. Usually this section... There's the kind of aching question of why hasn't Ned seen the film too? Which, you know, fine, like that's the point, we're working it out. But actually, I think this week it's going to go a very different way because you've never seen Spinal Tap and all of my questions (laughs) are about how it relates to these other films. (laughs) I feel like now I'm really mis-selling it to you. So my my mockumentary references are British and US office and this country. Okay, So that's what I'm working from. Um, it the fact that it is a mockumentary is not the not the most interesting thing about this film. It's just a stylistic choice. You often forget that it's a mockumentary and it just becomes a comedy essentially. But it it sort of there's this slight overtone of the fact that it's being followed by this crew which you can't see. So I I feel like I've really made that seem like a really important thing. It's not the the most important thing is no no I've made it seem like an important thing by yeah. <laughs> And now I'm like writing a list and shame of all these things that I haven't watched. But it's it's all about stereotypes and 
taking the piss out of those stereotypes. So we all know the drama teacher, the dance teacher, and they, they all embody these very specific traits. So the person who's doing costumes feels like they've come out of RuPaul's Drag Race. Um, the art, the drama teacher is looks a bit like Professor Trelawney and she's very over-emotional and almost like Mr. G. You know, she's getting them all to do these like crazy exercises, actors and actresses, but none of them have made it, but the passion for the, the craft remains, which is the nice thing, even though they are actually, I don't want to say failures, but failures. So it's it's taking the piss out of these stereotypes in a really sort of gentle, charming way, but having them at odds with this character who is coming to save the camp while his mother is ill. And that's this guy called Troy, played by Jimmy Tatro. Um, and he's a sort of bro. And he's, you know, talking about getting his crypto friends to come and invest in the camp and all of... He just doesn't understand the theatre geeks, basically, is, is the point of it. So you have these sort of... this clash. Is there, like, a standout? Is there, like, a standout actor, comedy, role, character, where you're like, I want to see this person in everything they do? So I think Ben Platt, who plays Amos, the singing teacher. So him and Molly Gordon, who plays the acting teacher, they are stand-in head teachers. They, they went to the camp themselves. And now they've come back as teachers and everyone loves them. And they're the sort of centre together. So Ben Platt, you'll have seen him in things like um, Dear Evan Hansen. He was in Pitch Perfect. So he's a very well-known actor. He's also an ultimate musical theatre nepo baby. His dad is like a very famous um, musical theatre guy. Hence why he then cast him in Dear Evan Hansen. But he is very funny and he's very talented musically. He really embodies this drama teacher very well and the same with molly gordon who in real life the two of them are very old friends he's he's gay she's straight but they they have this weird marriage almost and they bring to life this very kind of tragic position that they're in but also the absolute love for what they're doing and the kind of the way that they share that with the kids is very funny to watch but also quite heartwarming oh, amazing um so you would recommend it is it something you can go to see with your parents yeah absolutely it's it's it's, like, it, it's friendly for like all ages what what's not to like i really liked all of it i i think if you're the sort of person that if you're too i want to say like people who don't like wokery <laughs> because it is mm. quite you know the, the theater community is very flamboyant there's a lot of these kids who are you know, they're going to grow up to be theatre performers and it's all very inclusive and lovey in that way. Um, so if if you don't like, if you were the sort of kid who hated the theatre kids at school, you might find this annoying. Mm. Um, or if you're not into um, inclusivity, <laughs> then <laughs> you might not like a it. Of, a lot of people are. Um... <laughs> but I think it's just a really... The, the the point is I think in America the camp culture is very different like we don't really have that here like yeah you have like pony yeah. club camp <laughs> it's not the same but no. you, there's a sort of camp for everyone there's fancy camp and then there's the like sporty camp and everyone has their thing but the theatre camp is a very specific safe space for these kind of kids where they can really thrive and do what they love and it's very like nurturing rather than trying to push them back in the box so it's just got a really nice message to it. It's very easy watching. It's an hour and a half. 
it's, I, I laughed out loud. I, I was in the cinema with, you know, old people, young people, people by themselves, people with their families, and everyone was like chuckling along. And I think you, you do see that in yourself. It's that idea of being like, everyone feels like a bit of a misfit, right, at some point. But this is yeah. the kind of place where the misfits aren't misfits because they're all together and that and that is celebrated now how much would you pay for it the have you seen it screens i went to see it at a curzon uh off peak i think so i paid about nine pounds and i do think because there are some like quite fantastic musical numbers um it's quite nice to see it in the cinema so i definitely see it in the cinema while you can and also there's a lot of those jokes where people sort of giggle and then they kind of get it and then there's a sort of mm. group understanding that something funny has happened so so it's full nice. price wherever you can go yeah yeah i'd say so so this week's buzzy pick i would say probably isn't that buzzy anymore because the most recent series was out about four years ago two years ago um but it's probably one of the biggest kind of pop culture phenomenons in the last few years um and i'd never seen it before and that is ted lasso had you ever seen any of ted lasso before i hadn't seen ted lasso ned and i watched it on your recommendation and i have binge watched quite a lot of it i think i'm up to like season two end of season two at the moment this is we're going to flip it around a bit and i'm going to ask you the end question now mm-hmm how bingeable is it? So for me, Ted Lasso was a curious thing, Ned. It was a show that was initially very bingeable, but became less bingeable the more I watched it. What about you? Interesting. Okay. There's a particular type of American series like Brooklyn Nine-Nine, The American Office, at the good end. And then at the bad end, things like The Middle, not Malcolm in the Middle, uh, Two and a Half Men, Big Bang Theory, mm-hmm. that are made to be like demolished and consumed and bingeable. And Ted Lasso's a funny mix because it's half a British series and half one of these series. And so it's a kind of show that I think you can watch an awful lot of without necessarily liking it. And I'm going quite to and fro about how much I like it. But what's it about, Emily, before we go on? The Conceit is a British Premier League, initially, football club, Richmond FC, is looking for a new manager and they hire Ted Lasso, who is a coach from an American football team. So he comes over to the UK to coach the team. The reason for his being hired is that the owner of the club, who is played by Hannah Waddingham, wants Ted to essentially ruin the team because she's going through a messy divorce with her husband and the thing that he loves the most is Richmond FC. And so she thinks by bringing in this clown of a coach, it will ruin the team. It's a really good conceit, a really interesting cast because Mm -hmm. Jason Sudeikis is kind of, you know, American comedy royalty. But actually, the cast was mainly British unknowns. Brett Goldstein was big in the comedy circuit and had quite a big podcast, Films to be Buried With, a rival podcast, but was pretty (laughs) unknown outside the British comedy scene. Hannah Waddingham jumped between roles in soap operas and uh, slightly trashy but entertaining 
programme. She's in sex education, isn't she? Is she, like, a major part or just, like, a... No, no, like, very much, like, a side part. There we go. Again, if you know about British stand-up, he's an absolute Mm -hmm. legend in it, but outside of that. And off the back of this series, this cast, this popularity, have visited the White House twice, I think. Um, Like, (laughs) Brett Goldstein's now... uh, a, a Marvel character, I suspect his film might be cut because of the cuts at Disney, but, like, he he's potentially quite a big role in the next uh, Thor film. Uh, Hannah Waddingham now is, like, basically a national Huge. treasure. It's quite interesting in that perspective, its massive success. You say it's become less bingeable. Is that because you started enjoying it less? Yeah, so I think initially, so I found it really entertaining in the beginning. I thought it was really funny, really sweet but also like it has that sort of saccharine element to it but where it kind of lost me and hasn't totally lost me like I'm still watching it I'm still enjoying it but it's it's veering off from being a wholesome comedy with a good message to being quite preachy and that's really for me the point of the story where I've got to is the sort of preachiness about you know mental health awareness therapy these are all things that other shows do and it's top of mind, but it's being so rammed down my throat and like heavy handed. Mm. It's just, it's gone from being a show that I would watch to like switch off and enjoy to making me a bit like, not uncomfortable, but it's just the message is overtaking the entertainment and that's frustrating me. What about you? So I was beginning to go off it a bit and then I watched the episode, there's a funeral episode, which I think is potentially the best episode. The funeral episode. That, I Literally, that's the one I watched last night, and I was I was bored, Ned. I was bored. Really? I thought it was funny, yeah. and I thought that it did the moral stuff um, oh. well. Like, it had the good message, and it was moving, but it, it was too much. And also, I think because the scenes just went on for so long... And it was just more of the same chat that they were having, like the chat with her mum in the library. You know what? I double screen, but I double screen it so I don't think I get bored, which is not a good sign. Like I, I did like the bit where it was like Ted was cutting between Ted having his like first therapy session and like a bit of a breakthrough and her sort of talking about her dad. But it didn't need a whole episode. And I was just like, ugh, can we get back to the fun stuff? Yeah. I, I mean, I... The things I did like, I, the mum, she's the mum in succession, Harriet Walters. I love her. So I was like pleased to see her. But her character, again, it's like frosty older generation that doesn't understand emotions. Like, ugh, seen it. I mean, her character in succession is just so monstrous and yeah. incredible. <laughs> Fantastic. Like, potentially the nastiest character in the entire series. Yeah. Which is saying something. And then she's playing, like, a nice version of that. You, you, the comparison isn't good. Mm. So we're running... We've got a free... We've had a free subscription to Apple TV. My wife and I are like, are we going to keep this subscription to carry on watching Ted Lasso? And we're like, no, basically. I don't know if you noticed where they were filming that funeral, like, especially the library scenes. We were having this whole conversation being like, it's definitely Strawberry Hill which if yeah, anyone yeah, has yeah, yeah. you must go. And we were like, and then I was giggling and I was like, oh, it's Strawberry Hill. And that's obviously like near Twickenham. So that kind of rings true. But that kind of feeds into the other thing, which I kind of hate about Ted Lasso is how budget the whole thing looks. And yeah. it really annoys me. It's funny that, isn't it? Because they've clearly got a massive budget. But yeah. 
it is shot in quite a weird way. It also doesn't need to be in England. No. <laughs> like, there's so, think... so little yeah. of it. There's like, they add in somebody saying wanker ad nauseam. But it's yeah. like, they just kind of add in these English things. Like tea and shortbread and sort of... But like, they're very much like, here is the tea joke. Mm. Now for the... There's nothing like intrinsically British or English yeah. about like the mood of it, the way people communicate. Like, it's just like, oh, someone's going to say wanker out of nothing. And maybe that's how <laughs> Americans see us. Maybe it's like, yeah. that is that is their interpretation of it. And potentially it's a more interesting interpretation yeah. than the classic, um, oh, everyone's so, oh, hello, I'm going to go and shoot stood five <laughs> metres from the person next to me. You should watch the season four of You if you want to see that sort of behaviour. Yeah, series four of You is the most classic American idea of what Britain is. Yeah, uh, I'm just getting it so wrong. Yeah, <laughs> so. but I prefer, I think I preferred that. I think it... Because it's more campy. Um, I was going to ask you, Ned, so I know you're obviously a big football fan, much more mm. than me. If you wanted to watch, obviously this is not a show about football, but if you wanted to suggest to the listeners good films about football or TV shows, what would you suggest? Other than Bend It, Bend it Like Beckham is a cop-out. <laughs> what an extraordinarily hard question. There was a film called <laughs> Goal that came out 15 years ago. But honestly, I think the thing about football for me is that the football is the series. Yeah. So my favourite sport to watch, like I think the best sport is test cricket. And I love the sport of football, but what I re- why I'm so into it, and I'm much more into football than I am in cricket, is that there are 30, 40 ongoing stories every week. Something happens to change the dynamics within that. There are these mm. casts of characters who are evil or good or bastards on the football pitch and nice guys in real life or nice guys on the football pitch and bastards in real life. I kind of get all I want from that. And I think as a result, it can be quite hard to make a good TV series or even documentaries about football are usually a bit lacking Mm. because they don't really... Like, you're getting the documentary, you're getting the narratives, you're getting the stories, you're... I'm on a WhatsApp group every week talking about uh, expected vibes, expected banter and expected, is this result vibes? Is it banter? Is it narrative? Um, Mm. And I think, like, for me, if you want to get into the story, you've kind of got to get into into the football itself. Mm -hmm. Like, what's happening at Man U at the moment is extraordinary. They've got three players, essentially, who can't play because of sexual and domestic violence episodes um they'd hired Ronaldo who but Ronaldo uh had some pretty serious allegations against him that everyone kind of forgot because of the statute of limitations in America but it was pretty controversial they signed him and Man U is probably the biggest football club in the world or the second or third biggest Mm. football club in the world and it's terrible it's falling apart the managers having meltdowns like I don't need to watch a series about it I've, I've got it happening. Um, so, yeah, I would say if you want to watch the best one, just 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 listen to the Guardian Football Weekly podcast um, and it goes through all of it and doesn't really talk about the football itself that much. Yeah. I've Have you ever seen Green Street? I mean, that is a ridiculous American interpretation of how football <laughs> is. 
but it is like beloved by football fans because it is so ridiculous yeah. and extreme. So are you going to watch it till the end, do you think? I probably will. I feel like it's one of those things, like I'm on a journey with it now and I should probably see it through. I do like it. I find uh, Jason Sudeikis very entertaining as Ted Lasso. I think without him, it would be a bit more boring. Obviously, the show was sort of built around him because Ted Lasso was a character that he'd created and that's what sort of carried on. Um, But it's sort of switched, like I said, from being, being one of those shows that you watch to make yourself feel better. Like I have a roster of shows and you can kind of tell where my mental health is based on what I'm watching. So if I'm watching the US office, things aren't looking great. You're you're digging deep and trying to find your happy place. If I'm watching Gilmore Girls, Friends, Schitt's Creek, you know, I'm slightly probably in a better mood and it's just, it's, it's just more of a relaxation thing. With this, and initially when I started watching Ted Lasso, I was like, oh, we can add, add Ted Lasso to the list. It's non-confrontational but it's slipped out of that genre for me into something that's making me work harder one of the characters has become a bit of a bastard and i hate that storyline yeah i hate it i hate it it kind of goes against everything else in the show they're probably setting him up to have a redemption arc yeah for sure all the white characters have had their redemption arcs and the small brown character is getting his evil conniving bastard arc and I'm a bit like, mm. It's not great. All yeah. the, I, I don't know, maybe I'm reading too much into it, but it's like all the athletic, mm. all the athletic real men are allowed to be emotionally sensitive, but the dweeby beta male has to uh, become a bastard. I'm just a bit like, yeah. that's not really how it works. Specific storyline was really starting to annoy me. And I, I feel like obviously all of them come full circle. Look at, you know, look at Jamie Tad. But um, it's just in a very frustrating place. But I do love Roy Kent. Like, I think that character is... I find it so funny, and I can't really put my finger on why I think it's so funny. I do think Jason Stake is is incredible in it. I think his acting is so so funny. His timing's so Mm. good. And even if you find the writing a bit overall, he does nail the acting in those scenes. Mm. Yeah. But yeah, will will you be continuing to watch it, Ned? I think I might give up once we are. Yeah, I wouldn't give up if us four days. I think if our subscription didn't run out, I would carry on watching it. But because mm. it is, it's not enough. That is everything for today. If you like what you've heard, don't forget to give us a like, follow, and subscribe, and follow us on Instagram at Have You Got Seen It.